Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. I am Reagan, and we are back with the F the Nice Guy podcast. We are jumping right back into our conversation with Abby Rosemarin about her nice guy TikToker story. Honestly, I never thought I could get creepier than the voice notes left by that guy who tracked women down through the dating sites and then would find them on Facebook. But we're picking up on the incredible revelation that her nice guy TikToker also liked to use voice notes and that included voice notes where he was screaming at her. So buckle up because it only gets worse from here. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, make sure to check that out so this episode makes any sense. But without further ado, back to my conversation with Abby. Hold on. Did you say he sent you voice notes of him yelling at you? Yes. What? So That's der- Why would you do that? That's insane. The lead up to it is even worse because he had made a like a, a dumb little white lie. It was a small white lie, but it was just so easily provable that it was a lie. And it was small, but my my gut was like flipping out. Because again, if you're willing to lie about that and so quickly and so knee jerk like reaction, what else are you lying about? But I I literally spend the entire day regulating myself. And uh, so I can just calmly say, hey, were you being honest about X, Y, and Z thing? And he, it's immediate like, well, of course it was, why? And then as I start typing up, you know, in text, like why it's, you know, I, I'm believing it's not, he then just sends an additional question mark. Like he's clearly like just, mm. And as soon as I send it, he immediately calls me and it is the smooth talker that I cannot get a word in edgewise. Just Abby, Abby, what are you talking about? And it's simultaneously, when have I ever lied to you? Abby, Abby, when have I ever lied to you? And also Abby, one mistake, one mistake and you're gonna be like this? And we, this is for about two or three minutes. And, and one of those times he goes, Abby, when have I been lied to you? When have I ever lied to you? I interrupt him and go, you know what? I'm stopping you there. Cause I don't know, I don't know now. And he's like, I've had enough, hangs up, sends me these nasty texts, calls me back just to yell at me. And I tell him to stop yelling at me. And he's like, you can't make me stop. I hang up. And then I'll send a barrage of nasty texts, two voice notes where he's yelling at me. Because how dare I stop him? And the real kicker is- (laughs) Go, go. And the real kicker is he's yelling at me and being like, and all I want to, I love the out of you. And it's like, if you love the out of me, you wouldn't be yelling at me like this because I asked you if you've been honest about something. Um, Okay, hold on. One, I think that is so deranged. Okay, I've already done so many videos on the guy, I this guy on this horrible nice guy that did voice notes. I think, I think voice notes are often deranged. But the idea of like, I want on the permanent record, me screaming at you, I'm gonna send that. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, He sent that to you because you had set the boundary of, I'm not going to let you yell at me. And so he said, well, Mm -hmm. screw you and your boundary. I'm going to scream at you in a way you have to listen to it. And then you're getting double gaslit because it's like, this is the one thing I've done wrong, which obviously isn't true anyways. Mm -hmm. And then also I've done nothing wrong because when have I ever lied? I'm not lying. So it's like he's simultaneously having two arguments with you. Oh my God, Abby, that is insane. That's just one instance. Right. And like, here's the real kicker too, is, you know, so I had screen recorded it. I sent it to my friends. I'm like, okay, this wasn't okay. Right. And the next day he, it gives me the silent treatments, refusing to talk to me. Um, Mm. 
there are so many other elements to it that we could seriously be here all day. Sure. I sent him the, that, the, the screen recording. I'm like, I need you to listen to me. I need you to listen to how you were with me last night. And, you know, he's doing this big guilt spiral and, you know, it's all my fault. Uh, two days later, he's like, hey, could you send me that, that voice note again? And of course I do. But I was also like, we haven't been doing a lot of texting the last few days. You can't just scroll, right. like literally one scroll up. I, it took way for too long for me to realize he was trying to see whether or not I had deleted it. I oh. think that's what he was trying to do. He was what? testing to see if I had deleted it. And like, here's the thing. I still have it. I haven't even uploaded to a, a Google drive and any, everything. And it, if I ever need to release that, I will release that because it is just disgusting. And, you know, <sighs> that's queen behavior. I love to hear that. Keep mm -hmm. the, Keep the f***ing receipts. Always keep mm -hmm. the f***ing receipts because these toxic men will have you wanting to delete everything. I'm different. I've mm -hmm. changed. And then at the end of it, when they try to gaslight you and everybody else about what happened, keep the f***ing receipts. And also, like, mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent. I think, I like, if you have receipts, show them. That's my, my opinion. If you need to show mm -hmm. them, like, I have nothing against that. When I, like the Jonah Hill thing, when she was dropping receipts, I was like, absolutely lady. I hope, I yeah. hope you do because I don't care. I don't care what time, I don't care that he's like, just had a kid like, and is in a new relationship. Mm -hmm. there, there's no time limit on releasing the evidence that someone is a toxic person when they are specifically yeah. misleading others that they are not. Exactly. And, and my attitude is, a sp you know, cause yeah, a lot of us were brought up with this attitude of like, Oh, I, I have to, you know, I can't air, air my dirty laundry. This is, you know, I got to deal with this privately. Uh-uh. We air dirty laundry because sunlight is the best disinfectant. Heck yeah. I wish I could say that was when I finally left, but I, it would take an additional month and a half. And through that month and a half, he keeps promising that he's going to make it up to me. And he's doing everything in his power to not. There's one part where very, very long story short, he creates the most cockamamie story as to why he cannot be there for my birthday. So, you know, and me being, you know, the kind of girlfriend that I was, I was like, well, I will, you know, plan my entire birthday for us so we can finally rekindle things and we can make things better. Like, cause I'm still in this place of like, well, it's probably just as much me as it is oh. him. So let me see what I can do to fix things. He comes up with this cockamamie story that I would learn later never happen. Like he, I guess he just assumed that people that he worked with, I would never have conversations with because mm -hmm. he was like, oh, no, no, we have this big work event and it's it's my coworker's birthday. You don't understand. I have to be there for my coworker's birthday. It never happened. There was no event. None. Also, what a whore. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I'm pro lying there, but like, that's such a rude lie to make you feel like shit. Like, nah, sorry. I know you're my girlfriend, but my coworker has a birthday and that's just more important than yours. This whole story's a lie, but if I'm going to lie, I want to make you feel like shit when I do it. Exactly. And, and, it, and it took a moment after I left the relationship to look back on that and be like, oh, the cruelty was the point. It took learning that the event never even happened for me to go, oh, he did that to be cruel. He wanted to drive home this idea of, even though I've promised that I'm gonna make it up to you, and mind you, we haven't seen each other in person since he blew up at me with those voice notes. Um, and he's you know, gonna make it up to me, make it up to me, but oh no, see, you're not as important as my coworker. And when I tried to express sadness about it, he's like, well, I feel like I can't be myself around you. Um, which by the way, um, red flag number, 
I don't even know what number we're at this point. All the red flags. Yes. If a man starts pulling that shit, they're like, I feel like I can't be myself around you, especially when you're talking about harmful things. Mm-hmm. Just assume that what he means is I can't be who I really am, which is a f-ing monster and head for the hills. Yes. That is a, a reveal. That is a confession. Mm-hmm. If you saying, hey, you can't treat me like shit turns into him saying, well, I guess I can't be me. Then who he is, is a person who wants to treat you like shit. Get away, run. And that almost pushed me to my edge. Uh, And there was a point where I had, I was so emotionally distraught that I, I disengaged and I could feel in that disengagement, I was preparing to end things. He could tell. And what do these abusers love to do? They love to hoover you back in when they can tell you're about to leave. And here he is being just like the guy I had in the very beginning and full of heart emojis and just, you know, like, oh, I'm just so scared to lose you. And the second he realizes that I'm not about to immediately break up with him, it's back to the usual stuff. Um, and I even bring it up to him and he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. So give me, give me a specific example. And at that point, I am so browbeaten that I'm like, you know what? I don't even think it's, it, it matters. Um, and again, there's so many details I'm skipping over because we really would be here all day if I uh, otherwise, but very, very long story short, about a week or so later, there is a situation where he blows up at me again. And it's this, you know, I cannot get in a word in edgewise without him going, oh, I see how it is. I'm the bad guy. It's all my fault. Later that day, I say, listen, it is not okay that you did that. And he just, and I fucking shit you not. And we're on FaceTime at this point. And he just calmly goes, well, no, I was just letting you know that I know that I was at fault there. And I tell him, I was like, I call bullshit. I was like, listen, you have a theater experience. You're an actor. You know what that's like. If you went on stage and and delivered your lines that way, the audience isn't go, wow, that's someone who's genuinely recognizing his blame. And here he is going, well, no, no, that's exactly what I was doing. Oh, my God. And mind you, I am the shell of the person I once was. I am so psychologically beaten down. And I just start crying. And he's like, well, what can I do for you? And I'm like, can you just be here as I try to process this? And I just keep crying. And unfortunately, he had developed a pattern of um, letting me know that crying for too long annoys him. So all of a sudden, he just yells at me. He's like, what do you want me to do? And I, I am finally pushed so past my limit my emotions just shut off and I just look at him square in the FaceTime and go, I don't need to do this in front of you. Yeah. And then you can see him like starting to scramble a little bit, like the, the gears are turning wildly in his brain, but I'm done. And he knows I'm done because I end the FaceTime and the next day he's like, Hey, can we have a call, a talk later on um, to talk about um, our relationship? Cause he knew I was about to break up with him and you know i'm already taking down our photos i am i am genuinely done and he tries to do this like very diplomatic like yeah you know i'm just i'm just trying to figure out where we go from here after that and it's very clear that he's hoping to make it this like mutual we're just gonna part ways right and i just go the the place we go is nowhere we're this is the end of the road and you know that is the end of that relationship but it's not the end of the story because that's when I start learning about all of the cheating, all of the lying. I find out that it wasn't just the local woman that he was dating at the exact same time as me. There is a minimum of two other women online that he was also promising that he was exclusive with. You know, he dated an additional two other women locally during that time as well. But he had told his company or you know his coworkers that we were in an open relationship. 
Oh my God. Classic. Which is extra f***ing insidious because at the time I had even like, you know, I identified as kind of like more, like more or less polyamorous, I, like ambi, amber, am, amorous, just depending on the situation. Sure. When we started, I had told him outright, Hey, if you know, my only rule is that I need full transparency and 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 proactive communication. That's it. And if you want to see other people, that's okay. But he had played up this like, no, no, no. If you want to be polyamorous, if you want to be non-monogamous, that's okay. But I only have eyes for you. So it naturally, I was like, okay, no, no, we're monogamous then. Here we go. We're gonna we're we are explicitly exclusive. But he was telling everybody that, no, we were in an open relationship. And that's why they thought nothing of it when um, he started talking about other people he was dating. That's such a mind F. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And, it, uh-huh. and, and that is not even the worst of it. Because one detail I had skipped over was in the very beginning of our relationship, he was like, oh, hey, have I ever told you about this woman? Uh, for, for the sake of anonymity, we'll call her um, like Tina. Have you ever heard, uh, have I ever told you about Tina? And I was like, oh, no. And then he tells me this heart-wrenching story about, oh, that was his girlfriend. And they had this huge argument and he stormed out of her apartment. And later that night, he gets a call from her best friend saying that she had died by suicide. Of course, my heart went out to him and I was like, and, and but that, you know, Tina's name was inflicted or invoked, I mean, for, well, I guess inflicted as well for <laughs> anything. And if he needed the upper hand, he would use her name because he knew I would always back down. Like, how am I going to, you know, right. be like fight against, oh, you're a grieving man who lost a girlfriend. They were never, never boyfriend, girlfriend. Um well, like, what? they were certainly not even dating at the time of her passing, but they were never, and, and there's, there's additional details that I would learn that I have not been very public about or, or public at all about just because, you know, I'm like, that's information that I don't think the public needs to know. But knowing that aspect, the fact that he was then claiming that they were boyfriend, girlfriend is extra disgusting. And so I learned, oh, that was a lie. That's great. Um, There was a person who existed. There was a Tina, but he was never with her. That did happen to her, a real tragedy. And he used that as a fake story to gain sympathy. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, Abby. Oh, that's so awful. Oh, When I tell you I was past rage when I learned that, I was like, how evil can this man get? 100%. Well, more evil, even more evil, because, you know, now we're cutting to more or less the present day where, you know, I've been talking about the abuse that I've gone through. I haven't been naming names, um, but I've been talking about it. And very, very long story short, he tries to intimidate my best friend into silence. And I was like, oh, you're about to, you're trying to intimidate a Scorpio. Good luck. Uh-oh. Good luck <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And she even says she's because at this point, a lot of people have come out to to talk with me, you know, like, hey, listen, I know him personally. And just learning that he has this extensive history of being really terrible to women. And so at this point, I have like a, a decent amount of receipts that I'm like, no, this man has a history of just being nasty with women. And my best friend even just says outright, like, okay, you're going to intimidate me? Well, then I can drop the receipts because you have a history of being abusive. And this man, I can shit you not decides to make this video to clear his name by showing some of our text messages. But this was the best part. 
he was a little too cocky in his manipulation tactics because it backfired. The comment section was just filled with people being like, why, why, what does that text prove? Like there were texts where I'm calling him a good man and that, you know, I'm just working on regulating myself better, like that kind of stuff. Ew, you gotta love a nice guy who's so cocky he thinks I can manipulate everyone. I don't have to try hard. I'll just I'll just post this screenshot and make her look bad and me look great and everyone will believe me. Oh yep. wrong. And it is just wild to me. And so of course that completely backfires on him. He takes it down. He puts up an apology video. It what as we've learned, the these men don't know how to apologize. 100 percent It backfires. He takes it down. And during this time, we're like, you know what? Let's let's make good. He he basically called our bluff. I, you know, again, my Google Drive of receipts, and I'm I'm working with my best friend to like, hey, these this is these are the receipts we can use, and blah blah blah. And this is one of those times of like, you know that something bigger than us is at work because literally as she's getting ready to make her video that is when two separate people reach out to her and she learns a lot more which includes um at minimum there was a high schooler that was in a play that he was directing extreme trigger warning on that one like you know groomed her and and she's like that's it everything else you know whatever like we we grabbed there were two pieces of evidence that were like these are the two ones where you know he 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 says on a podcast that this woman was his girlfriend and names her by name so she puts that one up and right next to it is the conversation talking about how it's an open secret in this particular community that he did what he did with this 16 year old oh oh my god mm-hmm disgusting mm-hmm. that's and ugh. his it, 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 and the worst part too is you know there's been a lot that's been happening behind the scenes since that initial one a lot of conversations um and those are stories that i'm not telling yet if only because i don't have like my whole thing is consent if i don't have consent to tell i don't tell sure. um but it is a case of like oh you are a monster um, you are genuinely a monster. Um, and it is part of the reason why he decided to uh, send cease and desist letters to us um, because of it. And, uh, you know, there's there's some people who posted the copies of the cease and desist online and they're the, the most hilarious. The things that he's alleging is like, my guy, your guilty conscience is getting to you. Right. Um, like right down to like alleging that he's emotionally abusive, alleging that he doesn't go to therapy, alleging like all these things. Alleging that he doesn't and go to therapy, like what? I was like, that's what we're focusing on. Like really? Right. Like why? And, I mean, which is so hilarious to me because I'm like, that is like I have not actually said that. Like he was not in therapy right. when we were together, and he was telling people we are, and that is provable. That's sure. the whole thing of tr- you know, uh, truth is a defense against defamation. Uh, we ignore that one, but then he sends an or his lawyer sends another one that is like, not only are we gonna you know file this, but we're gonna press charges for criminal harassment and criminal stalking. And. To me, it is no coincidence that, you know, I, again, I've been skipping over a lot, but, you know, I was announced to be a speaker at a certain conference. And the next day, that's when I get that threat. But 
at this point, um, we're just kind of like, okay, well, but I have all the receipts. Right. And a few of my absolutely amazing friends were like, you know what? We can talk about this. Um, yeah. One of them learns about the this particular lawyer's history. High, you know, she was a uh, in a high profile case where she was defending the parents who um, were calling a librarian a um, pornographer because she had LGBTQIA affirming books in the library, and she and the lawyer was on the side of the parents. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's making sense to me. <laughs> that's on yeah. brand. Yep. It just keeps getting worse. It's so bad. And that's the hard part too. It's like, it, it's one of those cases of how can this get any worse? And and like I've been mentioned, like there's been a lot of behind the scenes conversations happening and it's just like, it does get worse. Like it's been a crash course in vicarious trauma. I'm going to tell you right now. Right. Like, um, right. It's one of those cases of like, after I left the relationship, I was just desperate for truth. I wanted to know the truth behind what was happening in our relationship, the truth behind what was happening behind my back and the truth behind the man behind that mask that he sold me. Cause he did, I did not fall in love with him. I fell in love with this mask that he'd sold at me. Who is this man behind the mask? And it truly became a case of be careful what you wish for because, oh my God, it, it is a case of like something breaks in you when you realize just what kind of monster you inadvertently uh, invited into your life. And anybody who thinks that that's like, oh, it must be so fun to, you know, take him down and reveal him to be a monster. No, it's not. I'm going to tell you right. I wish, I wish he was just a a stupid ass narcissistic boy. There's a lot of stuff that is just like, you almost don't know, like, how do I come back from that? Mm -hmm. You know, I trusted this person and they're, literally this terrible like I don't know if I can trust my judgment ever again if you could speak to someone who was either in your situation it could be the situation like person to person or even just like maybe someone who else who is in a parasocial relationship who has really cared for someone who's toxic like what Mm -hmm. would you say to them I think in in some ways you know there's that my condolences um (laughs) but I (laughs) Right. Because I'm not, you know, I mean, the, the part of me that always wants to create humor as a defense mechanism goes down that route, but also like, in some ways that segues into the advice, which is allow space for grief to mourn the person you thought you had. Um, I remember from my own personal situation, one of my friends who was on the side of like, why haven't you left him yet? And I remember just kind of stumbling into the verbiage for it, which was, I'm not done grieving the person I thought I had. And realizing that it is in some ways a death, whether it is just a parasocial relationship and you're learning one of your, you know, TikTok idols is actually a, a flaming piece of shit. You know, it is okay to take a moment and go, I need to grieve. Like, you know, there's a part of me that wants to do the like burn it all down, they're dead to me. But there's also the part of me that's like, but no, that. I thought they were a good person. Like I trusted in them. And even in, in those pers- interpersonal situations, like give yourself that space to grieve because if you don't, I, my, my favorite saying is cognitive dissonance does damage, which basically if you've got something that is running counter to what you currently believe is true, you're going to double down on what you believe is true, no matter how much damage it's going to cause. If you don't give yourself that chance to grieve, your brain will go, okay, we're going to double down on them being a nice guy. Every All those people are liars. And what do I have to do to for him to pick me, choose me, love me? You know, give, give yourself that time to 
Yeah, like literally, quite literally, someone died. It doesn't matter that they never existed. They were there one day, they're gone the next. Grieve as if you just lost somebody. Because you did. <laughs> like, that's so mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Like, speaking to the cognitive dissonance, another thing that I would find would happen with me was I would swing really hard in the other direction and be like, well, screw that person. They were always bad. I, you know, they were always a shit. <laughs> they never did anything nice for me, which I guess is technically true because it was manipulation. But there's that piece, that really deep part in your brain that goes, part of that's not true. And it never truly heals because what you're saying to yourself is not actually true. Your brain's always going to reject it because there's something in there that's not quite right. So if you swing too hard, it can be a negative thing. And so to your point, part of it was like, hey, that person, there were times that they did X, Y, and Z, and they did make you believe they loved you and they cared for you. And you did think they were safe and they did really hurt you. And that person was a lie. Everything yes. they did was a lie. And it was all to manipulate and to harm. And it was intentional. It's a huge part for me when I was healing it was like, mm -hmm. no, it was intentional. It was not an accident. They weren't yes. just mad. It was a targeted thing. And you were a target to mm -hmm. them. They cannot love you in the way that one would think love is like, and that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. And mourning that part right there was why I healed because then my brain stopped rejecting I, when you go extreme with them because they are extreme and don't acknowledge the middle ground of when they were kind of misleading you and had that mask on, mm -hmm. that was that was the part that really helped me. Is we have to grieve the middle part right here. We have to grieve this imaginary yes. person, as dumb as that feels, because you're like, no, that person wasn't real, but they were. They were real to you. You had a relationship with this imaginary yeah. person, and you have to you have to grieve that, and you have to give that time and space. And grace with yourself, because I, I was, I was really hard on myself in those relationships where I was like, it, it, like idiot, <laughs> like, how could you like to your point when, how could you not listen to your feelings? How could you let that happen? You had your stomach, you felt that in your, your, that deep seated feeling, your friends told you something was wrong. And it's like, it's okay. Sometimes the person you need to forgive is not them. It's you. It's, it's having grace oh, yeah. with yourself. And uh, as I see it, you know, and that kind of gets a, a little bit into my, my feelings on even just forgiveness, because I, I only forgive people who deserve to be forgiven. I am not one of those people who believes that yes, uh, oh, you've got to forgive in order to heal. Like, I just did a video on this. Yes. Uh, yes. Because I, and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, I grew up in a Christian church. They drive that home so hard. I tried so hard to forgive people. And all it did was delay my healing. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to forgive them. If forgiveness is for myself and me trying to forgive them is actually harming me, I don't need to forgive them. I am forgiving exactly one person and that is myself. Mm -hmm. And um, and this gets a little bit into internal family systems theory, which I'm obsessed about, but there's this concept of our protector parts. And these are the parts that wanna keep us safe by any means necessary. And sometimes that means being nasty to us and you know essentially the same way sometimes a mom will be like what were you doing i was so worried about you you could have gotten killed ah. it's kind of that same energy and i will try my best when that voice is like you idiot you fool oh my god it's like well yes i need to counter it with you know love and grace but i'm going to also look at that voice and go i know why you're doing that i know that you're doing it because you think that's going to protect me it's not, but I understand why you're doing this. And just even just giving that, I, I can, I could feel, I will feel that voice in me kind of start to dissipate a little bit. Like, 
Well, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to protect you. Like you can't have that happen again. Don't be a fool again. Like, you know, you just feel, mm-hmm. which I know can sound really wackadoodle for people who don't do these kind of therapeutic interventions, sure. but giving a, a, a platform for that voice and, and understanding its motivations is sometimes that it, that is the one thing that that voice needs. It needs to feel, you know, again, needs to feel heard. And, you know, it got, it finally got a chance like, hey, I hear you and I know why you're doing it on top of it. And sometimes the voice, just like any other parts of us that finally feel, feel heard go, oh, finally. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, like any, you're, if, if a thought is keeps coming back up, that voice keeps saying those things to you. I think a lot of people are like, oh, just ignore it. It's like sometimes with my anxiety, sometimes I'm like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change my behavior <laughs> because you want me to do the thing. But sometimes mm-hmm. it is just being like, hey, I, I, I hear what you are saying. I get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an idiot, but I, I understand you're trying to protect mm-hmm. me because you you think if you come at it aggressively, I will never do this again. If I can just, if you get it through my head. Yeah, I think that's interesting, much like a aggressive parent, I guess. Oh gosh, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Whoa. <laughs> what a story. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I have a hard time believing that that was my life, but the, the really sad thing and kind of bringing it all the way back to the TikToker world is, as I started talking about it, the sheer number and just my mutuals, not even just, you know, other creators that I don't follow, but my mutuals would reach out to me and be like, this was my experience with a nice guy TikToker and this nice guy TikToker and that nice guy. And I'll also be the first to admit that sometimes they don't have to be guys. Two of the stories that I heard were from um, women from lesbian TikTok. Um, one of them has already been outed. The other one, I imagine it's just a matter of time. Yes. Um, and to just realize like this, this is endemic and it's the same timeline and they operate the same way and i just cannot imagine the sheer like we're, we're probably it is not exaggeration to say the sheer thousands of women probably even tens or hundreds of thousands of women who've been harmed by nice guy tiktokers in this exact same format yeah i mean i would argue every single woman that's a follower of theirs who trusts them i think is harmed because there is no getting that back. It's such a shattering thing to, even if you don't idolize them, but to see them as a voice in that, to find out they are the opposite of what they said they were. Because to Mm -hmm. your point, you're like, can I even trust my judgment? It's like they are setting up every Mm -hmm. one of their followers for harm. So it's like, I, I, yeah, I would say hundreds, hundreds of thousands. And that's like, and then thousands, this really intense, harm, but I, I don't think anybody goes, gets away from that unharmed. I suppose it was inevitable. It's just a different way for nice guys to harm others. And like, God, you want to talk about validation? Ooh, just a pure feed for these dudes. Just like endless comments of women just being like, you're so great. You're not like other men, but, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we are finally like just becoming more aware of it, becoming more vocal. Like I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of the women who are speaking up about this. I'm on the side of like, I, I'm on a, in a different lane of like, I'm doing the anonymous thing so everybody can talk about it without like fear of whatever. But I, I think it's incredible the women who are who are brave enough to come out and say, no, this dude, <laughs> like, hey, everyone, this dude is trouble and here's why. 
Um, because to your point, one voice becomes many. Then the women are coming out and saying, well, that was my experience as well. And I am emboldened by what you are doing to, to share what I have experienced. I think that's pretty amazing. Yes. And, you know, I've noticed that even on micro levels, sharing the story, um, even if it's through more like whisper networks has, has literally, I want to say, I mean, it sounds hyperbolic to say saves lives, but like saved spirits, essentially. We, we literally had one situation where as everyone is sharing their stories, um, you know, privately behind the scenes, uh, I had a, one of my other TikTok friends reach out to me and like showed me a picture of um, a guy that she, I was like, look at this relationship that's blossoming. This was one of the guys that had put another one of my mutuals through hell. I, no. had, I had never texted, no, girl, no, 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 trust me, he's the, I've never texted so quickly in my entire life. I call her up. I was like, listen, this is what he did to another creator. And you know, and very, very long story short, as soon as that, like the gig was up, if you will, uh, he immediately showed his true colors to her. And I was like, we just averted disaster by, yes. by comparing notes. And, and, you know, even if it's not necessarily a public call out, the fact that one of my friends was willing to share that story with me. And this is a creator that has not been called out yet. I hope someday he does. It's not my story to tell, but I will back those who eventually come forward. Um, just that I was able to then here's my friend who just like oh my god I want to tell you about this amazing guy oh my god boom I am immediately able to be like hey listen you do not and you know the worst part too is that he knew that she was freshly out of a divorce and Ugh. was sliding into her dms that way and that's exactly what he did with the other woman too and you nasty know, and, and again this is right and this is where it becomes a like you know we share our stories, We whether it is on the big public platforms or behind the scenes. And this is how the sisterhood keeps each other safe is by comparing notes this way. A hundred. I don't think it's hyperbole at all. It changes yeah. lives exponentially. And like the, the ripple effect of you, you helping one person that helps like down the line, it helps others. It helps everyone they deal with. It, it saves them from how their life would change through that trauma and everyone they come in contact with is also saved from that. Like it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And again, girls be loud, be loud. Mm -hmm. Tell like, if you, ex if you are safe to do so, share your experiences, whether it's the whisper network, whether you're, you're, on, you're making podcasts, whether it's videos on TikTok, whatever, like mm -hmm. we have to share our experiences if we want to and feel comfortable doing so because that the time of like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad, or I don't, you know, I don't want to hurt feelings or do it. If you, if you know it to be true, like use your voice because it's important. Yeah. And like, we're not being quiet anymore. That's my big thing. Like, nope, mm -hmm. that time's done. Right. This whole, we deal with matters privately is over because these abusers are banking on that. They are yes. banking on you suffering silently. If you suffer loudly, if you air it out and, you know, society still is in this place of like, oh my God, that's really messy. Why would you do that? Why are you, this is how you're keeping people safe. Hey, this is what I went through. And as soon as it's brought to light and it's, it is not a grand conspiracy that, you know, we'll see one person come forward. And then all of a sudden we see like 15 people come forward. It's not like this amazing conspiracy. It is this one person made me feel safe to come forward. I'm coming forward too. 
And that is an, an abuser's worst nightmare when their victims are able to band together and compare notes and feel strong enough and emboldened enough to say something. So we're coming for it. <laughs> we're coming out. We're coming exactly. for it. Like, look out, nice guys. We are emboldened mm. and we are we're coming for you. And literally, yeah. it's just just sharing stories. Like it's not even like you're not even attacking them. You're like, this happened. They're like, oh, personal attack. Like, no, like just the truth. The truth will do. Just sharing the truth will be fine. Oh my God. Well, Abby, this has been so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. What's the best way for people to hear more from you? Well, I'd say the best way is on TikTok. That is where I am the most active. It's, you know, Abby Rosemary, and it's my full name. Um, if you are interested in my writing, uh, Everything that I, uh, all my books are up on the, the, I always like to say the evil that Bezos platform, AKA Amazon, uh, just typing in my name brings you to my author page. Um, but the nice thing about having a name like mine, there's literally one other Abby Rosemary in the world and she's not a writer. So there we go. Uh, but I'm also on Instagram, which I've been trying to be a little bit better about. It's also same deal, Abby Rosemary. Um, if you are interested potentially even in just like joining my Patreon, which is where I've been doing ma the majority of my blogging these days, um, I believe it is still under my old name, not Jennifer Garner, but you know, all of those links are right there in my little link tree slash beacons, which you can find on TikTok. Look at that, bring it right around full circle. <laughs> there we go. Well, please check out her stuff. She is obviously you have heard how amazing she is, but she has incredible content. She's so talented. Thank you uh, so much for listening, everyone. Uh, speaking of Patreons, I have my link on TikTok too, because I don't know where else it should go. <laughs> I have no idea. You can find it there. We'll, I have uh, extra content for you there. Uh, and uh, if you have your own nice guy story in quotations, obviously, Please share it with the F the Nice Guy podcast at gmail.com because I would love to share your story. Thank you again to everybody who's listening. Thank you to Abby for being here. <laughs> and um, as always, my friends, F the Nice Guy. <laughs>